0: Welcome to My Creative Corner 3, a podcast about quilting, creativity, crafting, and life in my northern town. Come back weekly and we'll chat about all the things that I'm working on. My name is Vicki Holloway and welcome to the podcast. April is here. I can't believe it. I'm so excited. April brings, oh, just me dreaming about plants and gardens and wishing that I had a longer growing season. Here on the 45th parallel, we only have about 90 days, and I can't plant any annuals until probably June 1st. We still have a lot of snow in the garden, and it's actually snowing a little bit today, freezing rain, but then it's warming up this afternoon. So, Because I cannot garden, I've been walking around Lowe's and Home Depot because they have plants inside. Not a lot of um, garden plants yet, but they still have plants. And I saw a plant there that I have wanted since I was about 10 years old. In the succulent display and all the interior house plants, they had palm trees and All kinds of Boston ferns and all the beautiful things, but there was a ponytail plant. Oh my goodness, it took me right back to being about 10, 11 years old and I was just enamored with houseplants. My grandmother had houseplants and I took some cuttings and I was learning how to grow them. You know, things like philodendron where you can start them in water. And I wanted a Boston fern, which I got, and it didn't live very long. I have since learned they are very fussy plants. And back in the that time period, which was the 70s, you could only really buy plants at um, florist shops. Or in spring, you could buy your outdoor plants at nurseries, at least in the small town I lived in. So I tried buying all these plants that were tropical plants, and they didn't make it but I wanted a ponytail plant and they were very expensive then. Well, the ponytail plant I saw at Lowe's must have been expensive because there was no price tag on it. And um, I abide by this fact is that something my grandmother told me a long time ago, if I have to ask how much something is, chances are I can't afford it. And I really didn't have a lot of extra money that week to put on a ponytail plant. But I have it on my list when I start saving up and I want to arrange the house to where I can have a few more plants. They just do bring in some breath of fresh air. I have a philodendron starting at work and at home, two different colors. And I have a snake plant and that's all I have in the house. But because it's so cold and we get so much gray, I have purchased succulent plants because they really um, don't do well in my house. And I decided I needed to use them more in my house. I really love the hens and chicks and I even have this succulent bunch that has gold and reddish succulents. It kind of has a fall feel, but I think if you separate it out, it will look much better more um, contemporary and I also have some little they look like little spider plants to me or maybe bromeliads which are an air plant and I'm going to rearrange them all because I finally got all six of my jadeite pieces that I need. I couldn't buy the Joanna Gaines cupcake stands online because every time I went online that said they were sold out or couldn't be bought online. My daughter went on a mission to the Targets, plural, where she lives. I'm very jealous because I don't have a Target within 75 miles of me. And she bought me two cupcake stands that are different and she mailed me one. So I have three. So on the side of my kitchen sink, I have shelves three on each side and I have six pieces of this jadeite which I call it jadeite it's not real jadeite it's reproduction and it's also called green milk glass and what I love about it is that the color is so perfect and it's versatile the cupcake stands you can put things on top and they'll look great with the succulents especially if we put little um succulents and other containers and sit them on the cupcake stands oh my goodness so I have three pieces from Hobby Lobby and I'm going to mix it up so that all target isn't on one side and Hobby Lobby on the others I'm going to mix it up and I have lots of little tiny things because I am a recovering Victoriana interior themed person Yes, I am a recovering Victoriana. I subscribed to the magazine. Do you remember that, Victoria? Oh my gosh, I loved it. I had lace and cabbage roses and all kinds of doodads and collections all over everything when I was younger. And I have now become um, more of the cozy minimalist, according to Mike Willen's book. And so I'm trying to make statement pieces. I, I read her book. And I will include a link in the show notes for that. And it's really about having larger pieces with statements. And I am really happy with how I have the kitchen is set up on those shelves. And I'm going to try to carry that kind of thinking out with color coordination and a few key pieces and pare it down to a few. My next goal will be the shelves in my sewing area, which I sit in front of and when i do my recordings and my videoing and i'm trying to go with a pink theme i've relocated my purple little violets that are on teacups and different things that were on those shelves in the kitchen because i'm going to go with the purples and pinks and some greens in the sewing room because we don't really use this as a dining room except at special occasions and take that theme out to where i'm really just pleased with the colors maybe a little tiny bit of aqua i like that too so that's my project for this week that's non-sewing related is trying to reset the house after this renovation now I don't think I've ever put the before and after video of the bathroom. It's really hard cuz the bathroom's so small, you can't kind of get a feel for it. But I may edit that little piece down to show you the before and after. Wow. And it's motivating me to try to get my cohesive design all set up in the house. We still have to paint we in the kitchen and the mudroom. We still have a few little things to do yet like knobs on the cabinets and there's other little things in the house that need to be done. And then when it, the snow melts, whoo, we're going to be full outside for a while. Full on chores outside. Well, I am really nervous about tomorrow. I'm teaching a paper piecing class. I've never taught paper piecing before. And I'm going to teach Happy Hour, which was in Make Modern Magazine last year. And it's four adult beverage drinks. One looks like a Moscow Mule cup, a martini glass, a beer mug, and a wine glass. Now, it's only a two-hour class. So, it's going to be a technique. If we can do one block or two blocks, um, I'll be happy. But, I mean, oh, technology. My computer is kind of getting old. And my printer is, too. We bought all the ink so I could do color printouts of the pattern. Hours. Hours and hours my husband and I spent on two computers trying to print from my Dropbox files of the four beverage glasses and four students. So, you know, times that by 16 plus the pattern. (sighs) I was furious and he made the big announcement. We are throwing the printer away. When we get all the ink used up that we just spent a lot of money on. So I'm nervous. Paper piecing. I love it. I learned doing the Civil War diary quilt. Yeah, I never had paper pieced before and thought, oh yeah, I can do that. But it was all part of a skill building thing that someday I could do this really hard mammoth massive quilt Yeah, called Dear Jane. And I still don't feel I have the skills to do that yet. But I thought, It's a real fun contemporary pattern and it'll be a good learning piece because they're six inch blocks. Some of the pieces are big and some are small, so it'll be a little bit for everybody. Now what else am I working on? Well, I am doing a Fat Quarter Shop remix and I'm starting to do the Sneaky Peaks. um, They have a video out already on uh, Jolly Jabber is the name of their um, YouTube channel and it's Picnic Time Pillow. It's really, really cute. Theirs is a more sweet um, floral whites, the aqua and reds. Well, I decided I like that color combo. However, I'm a little tired of it. So I made mine in Picnic Time Pillow in orange. And it's a bright orange solid. It's a 17 and a half inch block, which is perfect because that's the size most pillows are. The pillow forms. And I have an old pillow here that needs to be recovered, so it'll be perfect. And then I used in the background a cream fabric that has a burgundy red, orange, yellows, and tan. And it's really, really easy. It's five rows made out of strips, and it forms like a square with like uh, chain pieces hanging off. so that if you were to bump this up together lots of blocks together, it would make a way cool chain looking quilt. It's adorable. They have a full quilt made on their free webs, their free pattern in their website. And I will put a link to that in the show notes too. Picnic time pil- of quilt is I think the name of the quilt. And I'm telling you, it goes together really fast. It looks fabulous. There's a lot of room for free motion quilting. And that's what a good segue into what I have been doing a lot of. April, I decided to commit to 15 minutes every day. Well, almost every day of the month. I'm going to give myself a couple passes on the weekend um, because sometimes weekends, you know, I'm having company this weekend and I've got the class, I may not get 15 minutes of quilting. But my goal was if you haven't heard before, is to use the hashtag April Quilt Challenge 2019 on Instagram. And just to make some simple motifs and then slowly build it up because I have gotten very rusty and my hands are very stiff and sore and the arthritis kind of caught up with me in the cold of the winter but I have a quilt that I want to do my own quilt some custom work on it and I need weeks of practicing weeks of Getting those skills back and doing different shapes. I mean, some people, I've got a Facebook group called My Creative Corner 3, and we're posting pictures and encouraging, also using the hashtag for those who are Instagrammers, and really just deciding, you know, what is our goal? Some people, it's just to make a stipple, do the whole month of stippling, get fear gone, Banish the fear of free motion quilting and become confident that what you're doing is great and practice makes progress. You're not going to be perfect because it's free motion quilting. If you wanted to be perfect, you know, you would send it to a long armor who has a computer and most people don't want that look. I don't want that look. So I spent 15 minutes a day this week and I made a panel. That is an adorable Halloween. Oh my gosh. It's a skeleton in a top hat. Oh yeah, it's so steampunk looking. And I decided to do free motion spider webs. And I got the idea from my friend who gave me this panel. She had one just like it. And she did this spider web. So you start by making straight lines in a spoke fashion. You know, two, three, four make them big make them small and then you backtrack over your line and when you have your last spoke placed you make little arcs going in toward the hub of where all of your spokes meet for a spider web i love the spider webs they look great i tried a couple little dropping down um spiders but i don't like how they looked i only did a couple of them Um, on little strings that have little wobbles. But I used a ruler on the top and ruler work hurts my fingers. It really does. So I'm going to flip the quilt upside down and um, if you're watching this on YouTube you can see I did free motion lines on the bottom. Went way faster and I feel that there's just a couple of wobbles here and there. But if I were to do this again, I would do the whole thing totally free motion with no with no ruler. I like using a ruler occasionally, but I'll be honest, I think it's more effort than it's worth to use a lot of rulers. I know I am not popular in saying that. I don't like using them. I wibble and wobble sometimes more on a circle or an arc ruler. I haven't Got into doing a lot of large feather wreaths and I probably would use a a ruler circle for that. But overall, free motion all the way. I do not like ruler work much and I don't like marking. So I've learned to be able to do things and flip it, you know, 180 degrees or mirror as I travel because I hate marking and ruler work so much. Do you like using a ruler? Do you have any tips? Even though I have creative grids, long arm rulers, and they have the discs on the back, I've also bought the sandpaper discs. It helps with slipping. It's just more of I really, it really, really puts too much strain on my um, fingers to be able to hold a ruler in place. And I've never found um, marking to be very helpful at all. It makes me nervous, and I, I just need to do what's in my head as a doodling around on the quilt and it turns out way better than me trying to draw the shapes or even registration lines. It just it doesn't work for what I do and that's the joy of free motion quilting. You can do whatever you want. It's all about texture and I'm not about seeking perfection but what I'm about is seeking feeling confident that the shapes I make are what I want them to be as close as possible (laughs) and then do the custom work and as i develop more um, confidence in these different shapes so i did spider webs this week i don't know what i'm going to do next week because i have to look through my panels and see which one i want to do Um, i know i'm going to work on something with pebbles and feathers and all overs and as i work on that i'm going to develop a quilting plan for my Moda Bake Shop quilt and I have had a few ideas about it but I haven't got there yet and I'll be honest I'm kind of a winging it person. I don't do tons of planning because sometimes as I get quilting it just comes to me and I just quilt something and that's not a good quilting plan sometimes and it doesn't work for everybody. So that's what I have been quilting. It's on my frame is the April Quilt Challenge. 15 minutes a day, no judgment, no ripping. And if you would like to join us on the Facebook group, it's a closed group so people can free feel free to share. And it's just a great group, My Creative Corner 3. You just ask to join if you're not a member already and just jump in on the challenge anytime. And then I have to say I'm so nervous. I can't help but stop. Thinking about that paper piecing class. I keep thinking. I've done several classes. But you know I think the first time you do a class. You do get a little anxiety over it. And you try to think of all the things. And then I'll think of something um, when I get home. That oh, I should have told this to the class. But that's the whole joy of taking classes. This is a beginner one. You're not going to get every tip on making paper piecing. But it'll be fun. So I'm teaching that class tomorrow at Delphine's Quilt Shop at 1.30. If you're in the area, we do have one or two more openings. So Delphine's Quilt Shop is my local quilt shop and it is the sponsor for this week's podcast. Delphine's Quilt Shop is a destination quilt shop. They are set up to accommodate, um, people who come in on buses and tours it's a little shop but man they are the friendliest group of people and most helpful but also if you don't have the opportunity to stop in on the 45th parallel delfinesqueltshop.com has all of the things that she has in the store up on the internet and you can shop and buy everything at your convenience because we are on the 45th parallel which is quite a ways from some folks who enjoy the podcast and people who also enjoy Delphine's Quilt Shop. She's piecing the past and the present into the heirlooms of tomorrow. Remember Delphine's Quilt Shop at Delphine'sQuiltShop.com. So this next part of the show, I want to talk about what I have been so thrilled about, which is my Cricut Maker. I took the plunge a couple weeks ago, and I got the Cricut, and man, it is everything I've hoped it to be. So far, I have only cut vinyl and paper. I am doing certain projects and lessons, but I do have a project to share that I thought was amazing. So, I took these old mirrors, they were um, House of Lloyd mirrors, I believe, from the 90s, and... They needed just a little jazz up and I thought wouldn't it be super fun to put a black vinyl floral lace design in the center and it's about a four inch mirror. I have to tell you I weeded out all the negative space and used transfer tape and I put it on and there's no bubbles and there's no crinkles and I didn't tear the little tiny fragile stems. I'm very excited I have also done some papers and I cut out hexes and cards are uh, a tutorial that you can make uh, like a birthday card. I've seen some really cool cards on Pinterest. So I'm pretty excited about some of the paper things and buntings, but I have a rotary cutter, a rotary blade to put in the Cricut. And then I will start working on cutting out felt and fabric i don't want to try to rush it i want to take my time and learn how to do this easily so my first project is i downloaded a free template for butterflies that you put on a ponytail holder and they're a couple of inches big and i learned how to put that template into the design space and then i will get the you have to research the mat and the Um, making sure that I'm going to cut a test piece, probably on paper, just to see if it'll work. Um, Because then you have to add and subtract the negative space and just have this template ready. And then I'm going to cut out uh, several of them and see if I can do it. And then probably send those to my granddaughters for their um, ponytails in the summer. And I also have a couple of other books I've bought um, that have templates that I wanted to upload into the design space to cut out felt things like finger puppets and smaller things. It would be hard for me to trace out accurately. Um, little mini animals, they're so cute. I bought a book called Pip Squeak and it has the most adorable animals and finger puppets in it, too. So those are some goals of what I want to work on next. And this Cricut has been so much fun. I'm also making a bunch of labels and different things to put on my organized shoe boxes and my organized bins and drawers. And so far, it's going really well. I haven't had any disasters, unlike printing for that paper piecing class and my printer disaster. The Cricut is really great, even with my old crappy lappy, as we like to call it around here. Yes, it has a nickname. So the Cricut, it's been wonderful. I can see it being a fabulous tool for quilters and I might even use it for cutting out blocks. We'll see. I still like to rotary cut, but rotary cutting can be dangerous. And especially as I'm getting a little bit of neuropathy in my fingertips and I have a lot of sensitivity with putting pressure on rulers and rotary cutters I think the Cricut will be fabulous because I do cut only one block at a time anyway one stitch one block one row at a time that's how I quilt and that's how I make things and I think the Cricut will work well so on the tool bench it is is stored on the shelf below and then when i'm using it i can either bring it out to the dining room table move my sewing machine if i'm going to do a lot or i can put it on the top of my tool bench which is where i have my rotary cutting mat and then be able to do all kinds of cutting out there so i have found a home for most things and i'm really excited that my creative space in the kitchen have been Marie Kondoed. Yes, as a verb, I Marie Kondo did or Kanmari did. And it's coming along. But I have one problem in this old house. It's a storage solution problem. In my craft room is a little closet that goes under the stairwell. It's only two feet wide and six feet deep. How to maximize that storage? It has a little bookcase in there. So I have all my kids books from when they were kids in there it's a walk-in it's about five feet ten inches tall it's a few inches taller than me yeah it's a few inches it's a lot of inches taller than me um, but it's probably not six foot and I have some bins on the floor that has toys and things from my kids childhood and then I have a couple of bins that have quilt things in it but I'm like shelves are too deep you can't walk in and there's really, I got to come up with some sort of a rolling system or a drawer pullout system. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just going to keep stacking um, totes and bins and use it more as um, the kids storage on the bottom as, you know, in like an archeological dig and then put some quilt storage on the top that I can pull out and then batting or something. I don't know. So far, I have no great ideas. Do you have any weird storage spaces in your 100-year-old homes, anyone? I'm running into tons of them. We have weird storage in this house because the rooms didn't have closets. And um, the house wasn't designed for modern living. So you get some quirks. And I think in a lot of times these spaces under the stairwell were totally boxed in and it was dead space that was never used so somebody decided they needed something for a closet because actually the room is so small that's my craft room it used to be my son's room it was just big enough for a twin bed and there really wasn't room for much of a dresser and There really, there's just not a lot of room for putting wardrobes and that kind of stuff in it. So that's why they did that. So I'm looking for some unique ideas for a two foot wide closet that's six foot deep. If you have any great websites for me to go look up or any great ideas, let me know because I'm totally stuck on it. And then I have the same uh, similar problem upstairs. There's a couple long skinny um, closets that they've built. In the bedroom upstairs, there's two bedrooms and one has um, that skinny closet. And then between the bedrooms on the landing is just like this big gaping space that somebody decided could be a walk-in. But it's not really a walk-in. It's got the hip roof and it's, yeah, it's weird. It's a weird space, but at least that one um, is a little wider I'm thinking about putting shelves in there and I have a dresser actually in there a small tall skinny dresser and I'm going to empty that out and use it for storage and it's just a you know you know it was, it was the best they could do at the time I suppose so funny funny um closet spaces in in this house so that's my week I'm so excited I'm working on keeping the butterflies out of my my abdominal area I'm working on keeping the butterflies out of my system so that I can teach this class um I know how to paper piece it's just making sure I communicate it clearly um the other thing is I want to know what you think about using washable school school house glue sticks for paper piecing and for hexagons I've used it a little bit And I haven't had any bad luck and I want to pass that on as a tip. But I was just wondering, what do you guys think about using um, washable Elmer's school glue for quilting? I hope you all have a wonderful week. And I really, really hope that it's more spring like where you live. I did hear a robin sing. So they have come up north and they're preparing for spring, but it's just too early yet. And I'm also preparing myself for some fabulous lessons on the Cricut. And I really want to continue to do 15 minutes a day as much as possible on my free motion quilting. So join me for that challenge. You don't have to do it on long arm. You can do free motion on your domestic or hand quilting. Whatever you want to do. And share it. Let us know. We're having so much fun with the challenge. I wish everyone the most wonderful week and quilt on everyone.